sometimes I think we think big picture more often than not. And so focusing on what's real right now is easier to, you know, chip away at it. It's all going to get done. Welcome to Let It Out. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. This week, I spoke with Madeline De La Rosa. She is a filmmaker, a ceramicist, and a person who does many things creatively and makes it look easy and brings so much beauty and authenticity to everything that she makes in a way that I really admire. She's passionate about French cinema and sustainable fashion and her dog, Violet, which we talk about in this episode, all of those things actually. We recorded this safely in person in my apartment with some wine earlier this week and it was just so nice to get to be in person recording again. And I usually don't put these out with such immediacy. Usually I have a bunch in the bank and then I dose them out, but that hasn't been the way it's been working out recently, which is kind of nice. It's a really recent conversation. I met Maddie through my friend and our friend of the podcast, Christine, who if you've been listening for a while, you know, or if you know Maddie from YouTube, you probably know Christine. I'm so happy to know Maddie as a person and also her work is truly phenomenal. I say it a million times in this episode, but she's incredibly talented and sweet and easy to talk to. We cover what she's been focusing on this year and wants to focus on in in 2021. Her upbringing, she moved around a bunch of times. We get into that. She went to so many different schools and, and really made her who she is now. We talk about her start on YouTube and where she wants to go in the future and what she is excited to create. We talk about what she's learned from breakups and we talk about the uncertainty of being a freelancer and all of the learning that can come on the other side of that uncertainty. We cover creating a space that feels authentic to you. We talk about film. She gives a bunch of recommendations on films to watch and shows. And we talk about her creative process, which I actually learned a lot from. And I I say this in this episode, but she brings this intentionality and beauty to all that she does that I really want to take with me into my intention for the year. So it's this long, meandering conversation. Like, if it was a film, it would be like a Richard Link letter before sunrise or my dinner with Andre. It just goes all over. And, you know, that's my favorite kind. I love talking with her and I hope you enjoy eavesdropping on that conversation right now. And I'll talk to you more at the end. I'm so happy that you're here. Cheers. We're drinking rosé. My favorite rosé. Cheers. So we met through our mutual friend, Christine, a couple months ago. I would say early pandemic. I remember coming over and you guys were making ceramics. Do you remember that? At her house. And I like came over at her old house. (gasps) Yes, I do remember. And I came over to drop something off. 
And then we, we were talking about the razor. <laughs> talking oh, yeah, because Christine was obsessed with these razor. razors. Yes. Do you use one? I do. She turned me on to that. She just gave me one. And, yeah. And now I've, now I've been using it. But I was telling you guys how I was obsessed with the razor. I don't even want to give the name to <laughs> that I've been using for years. Well, I will give the name. The Intuition. Oh, right, right. The, a real t- early 2000s um, favorite. But I am now also on the safety razor. Zero waste. Zero waste. 100%. There, and that's what I said. There's so much waste in the, that intuition that I was so into. I know. It's sad. It's very sad. This is, you're listening to the Razor podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that day on, we became fast friends and I liked you instantly. And then I voice texted you this, but I did a deep dive into your videos a couple months ago and realized how talented you are and creative and your work creatively, just you really inspire me. And I want to get into all of that. And I obviously love hanging out with you. There's so much I'm curious about, which I'm really excited to dive into with people eavesdropping. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Great. Okay. So let's start with now, before we go back, what have you been learning or realizing in the last month? I think lately I've just been trying to come to terms with like the whole pandemic, like, oh yeah, we've been in this for almost a year and it's time to like start getting shit done because it's not going anywhere. I think last year I was giving myself a lot of leeway because I was like, no, you know, we're all in the same boat and it's a weird thing is happening. But I think now it's like, I just want to work harder and I don't know, like get stuff going because I'm so sick of being like kind of like waiting around for the vaccine or like, yeah, I don't know. So it's been a lot of like, I just want to like hustle because I last year was such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really feel that because I, I felt that way. I've moved three times in this pandemic. And when I when I moved into this place, it was fall. And I think I'm I'm feeling kind of what you were feeling feeling with the new year in the fall because the back to school energy feels more like a new year to me than a new year. I was watching some of your old videos from before the pandemic Mm -hmm. and it just changes everything. Like these little things that we don't even think about. Right. I mean, I even like watch movies and where like people are close to each other or talking to each other without masks on. I'm like, what are they doing? It's like a little panic you have. You're like, that's not right. And then you're like, oh, right. This was before COVID times. I know. I think of like how this is affecting little kids, like how this is going to affect us in so many different ways of, um, yeah, I I had to look through the photos on my phone to make space the other day. And I was looking at a photo of my friend and I when she was in New York and our, we were like, t- took a selfie and like ha- we're, our faces were touching and like looking like, up at the, Oh my God. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. And we had just run into each other on the street and like right. we were sending it to another friend. And I remember that and I'm like, wow, that's so. It just seems like so far away. Yeah. And it's like crazy how we adapt so quickly. Yeah. Which is kind of great, but it's also just like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. I don't know what it's going to look like after this. Yeah. I saw someone in a in a movie that I was watching a couple months ago who was wearing a mask, like, for oh. a different reason. Like, okay. Like, he was, like, welding or something. Right. And the person I was watching with, we looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> like right. it was so funny to see. And, and, like, now we know what that kind of mask is called. I guess that's just what I've been dealing with. 
It's yeah. more so like I'm just like so sick of being passive and being like twiddling my thumbs, yeah. kind of waiting for stuff to change. It's like, no, we need to like, I don't know, get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing great. And everything I've seen that you've made, you know, in the last couple of months, like it's, it's really, I want to get into this too, but like, it's really hard for me at least to be creative when yeah. there's so much uncertainty around us. And I think for people like us, whose jobs are, are, we're so privileged and so fortunate, we can, you know, work in pockets that, that we feel good enough to work in, but then there's nothing like force us to, to get something done at a certain right. time. And so I really struggle with that of like, for most of this year, I was just doing the bare minimum of like Same. what I had to do. Same. Because I was like, no, there's so many more things that are way more important yeah. than making a, you know, yeah. you've got to make a living. Right. It's, it's weird. It's really complex. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a pivot, but I want to go back <laughs> to what you were like as a kid. So I know you grew, grew up in several places. What was that like moving so much? And what were you like as a kid? It was so much fun. I, people always ask me what it was like. I mean, we moved like every two or three years because my dad joined the army when he was 18 and they had me at 20. Oh, I didn't realize they were so young when they had you. Yeah. So I have young parents and they moved overseas. I have a younger sister. She's two and a half years younger. Yeah. So I was born in Germany and then we just bounced around all over. Wow. So do you have German citizenship? I don't because I was technically born on U.S. soil because oh. my dad was in the army. Wow. It's such a bummer. Bummer. I know. But yeah, it was great moving around. It's like all I knew growing up. And I think that's why, I don't know, like I feel easily adaptable to change. Yeah. And I also feel weird being stuck in the same place for, like I've been in L.A. for five years and that feels weird to me. Yeah, I bet. And I've been in the same apartment for three years now, which is crazy. I'm like getting that itch, itch. Like I need to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not, I mean, someone who traveled so much. Right. That has to feel strange. Like this 2020 and now 2021, like not being able to, how you grew up of, of moving and really being in the apartment that you've been in th for three years is like compounding. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I mean, like last year I was like, oh, I'm going to spend the whole summer in Europe. And, you know, that, well, that didn't happen. But, uh, you know, like yeah. I just, I just hate being in the same spot. And I, yeah. another thing is like, because I've been in my space for three years, I've collected so much stuff. Yeah. And I'm at this point where I'm like, I need to just purge everything because I, I feel better knowing that I have less stuff so I can just leave up and leave whenever mm -hmm. I want to. Mm -hmm. Like that feeling of being like stuck feels really, what's it? Claustrophobic. Stifling. Yeah. Yeah. Claustrophobic. It just feels yeah. not great. Yeah. That's so interesting. We're in such opposite life phases. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I have, I, we were sitting in my very empty apartment and I, when I moved into this place and, you know, I, I kind of, I'm so grateful that I got in the travel because I Spent. The whole reason I started on on this trip was that I went to Europe for a couple months, came back to New York and got really sad. And I was like, I don't know that I want to be here because I'm just so sad that was over. And my best friend was like, well, you can keep doing this. You can keep your stuff at my place if you want. And so I got rid of, did that. I like purged everything, left my stuff there, went on, started my 2020 traveling and then came here. And I never 
thought that I would stay here. And mm-hmm. then I did. And I, when everything was so empty and I moved into this place, I had posted something on my Instagram of like this empty apartment. And I got all of these messages from people being like, wow, I'm so, I have so much stuff and I'm so jealous of this fresh start. Oh, yeah. And one of them was my really close friend, Abby, who might be listening. It was so interesting because she was like, wow, I like, she has is really set up and where she lives in Grand Rapids. And it's funny because I look at Abby and I'm like, I want that. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. We all want what we can't, not can't have, but you know what I mean? But grass is always greener. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is really interesting. How do you think you will compensate when it does feel safe and it does feel like we can be around people and travel? I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah, to that I question. don't either. It's like, it feels so far off. <laughs> Um, I think the thing that I'm cra- like, I just want to be at a bar. Same. Like, bare minimum. I just want to oh. be at a bar with a bunch of people. And like, you know, our friend Christine DJs all the time where she used to. And so we would be out like a couple times a week with her. And it just like, like that seems so long ago. I can't wait to go to a bar with you, Maddie. I know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's crazy. But I think I I would like to move to Europe eventually. I think before I'm 30, it's like, I want to be out of here. I love that for you. Yeah. So when did you know you wanted to do something creative? What Were you always creative growing up? Yeah, I've always been creative. Always like doodling, drawing, making things. Um, so it was never like a... And I always had a camera. Wow. Um, I remember I had like my first camera. It was probably my Game Boy Color. Did you ever have that? No. It was like a little camera attachment. Cool. And I still have it. And I still have the photos. No way. Um, yeah, like, because we lived in Italy at one point, And I still have all those photos on there. Oh, my God. I want. Can I see that sometime? Yeah. That'd be I, so I cool. need to find my Game Boy. And I would make videos of my friends and I in high school and post them to YouTube. So that's how you started on YouTube? That was just for, like, me and my friends. It was me just, like, goofing. I mean, they're still up there. On your current YouTube channel? No, an, an, a different one. Wow. Like, my personal one. And I was watching so much YouTube that I started my own channel when I was 19. Yeah, it's just evolved the, yeah, creative side. So where were you when you went to high school? I I went to three different high schools, but I was in Hawaii for a big chunk of it. Wow. So how many cities total have you lived in? I have no idea. Wow. It's been a lot. That is so cool and <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah. That is, that. Wow. You are resilient. Like, I feel like that must make you so resilient. Do you feel like socially you have, you're easy to talk to and make friends because of having to be adaptable? Yeah, definitely. I think that's like a lot of army brats or like military kids. It's just like you make friends so quickly. And then we moved to Virginia at one point and it was so hard to make friends there. And I, we didn't live on a military base and I think it was because they'd just grown up with each other mm-hmm. that it was harder to like wedge myself in. Right. But I think military kids are like, we just understand it. And it's like, yeah, makes more sense. Are you still friends with a lot of people who are military kids? Um, Like a lot of our parents have retired since we're older now. But, um, but yeah, like my friends that I met on base, like I still talk to from high wow. school. Like we're supposed to chat later tonight, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so wild. So you're you're creative, you're taking photos, you're starting this YouTube channel. Are your parents, I mean, obviously your dad was in the military, but are your parents creative and 
artistic in that way? Not at all. I went to George Mason. It's like um, Northern Virginia. It's like just outside of DC. And you studied film? No, I studied elementary education. No way. So that's what my degree is. Yeah. So you thought you wanted to be a… Yeah, since I was little, I wanted to be a a teacher. Really? Yeah. And so that's what… Yeah, I have my bachelor's degree. Wow. So did you ever teach? I no, I was substitute teaching for a while, mm-hmm. and then I was like an assistant teacher. I can see for, you being really good at that too. Actually, I just I love kids. I think yeah. they're so sweet. I can see you being really patient and present with children. Yeah, it. I yeah, I think it's great. But I um I got offered this job because I was working, going to school, had my YouTube channel, all at the same time. And so after I graduated college, this makeup company contacted me, and they're like, "Hey, we found your channel. We like your videos. Do you want to?" move out to LA. We'll move you out here. Wow. Um, so this is like my first big girl job. So hold on. I, I have a question. Take me back to yeah. YouTube. So what year is this and what is YouTube? What's the landscape of YouTube at this time? It was, So I started my channel very end of 2011. So this is different from your high school like that you were mentioning before right. messing around with your friends. This is now you're doing videos where you're talking about skincare and cruelty-free products or not this yet? This was me like showing off outfits that I was wearing and like makeup stuff. And you were a consumer of YouTube. Yes. And that's how you decided you wanted to do this. Yeah. And I, I loved video editing. I think I edited my first video when I was in eighth grade. Wow. Um, and I was like, I just love video editing. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. It was like, yeah. I like video editing. I was watching a ton of YouTube yeah. and I was like, I should start my own channel. And so I did. At that time, Close Encounters was really popular. Do you know them? What is that? It's a. It was a YouTube channel. These two girls had like a fashion channel. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like this was like what YouTube was like. It was all like fashion channels and makeup channels. Okay. I was like, I'm just gonna start my own thing. So I did when I was 19. Okay, and so it starts growing into what is now your channel. Right. I think when this makeup company contacted me, I had like a little over 100,000 subscribers at that point. So how many years? Was that? I, when did they contact? 2015. So it had been like four years. So was it really organic growth over time? Yeah, I've never gone viral. I've never had anything go like crazy. It's just like s- slowly but surely like, you know, snowballed over time. So cool. Which I think is, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. And that's an, and I think that really speaks to the quality of the content consistently. Right. You know? I, I think what I've seen when when one thing goes viral, then it kind of plateaus. Right. It's like the quicker they come up, the quick, you know, just yeah. they come down as, just as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're growing. They This company moves you out here. Right. So they moved me out 2015. Um, I had a contract for three years with them. And that's when there was a studio and cinematographers there. And I was just like, I have all of these people at my disposal in the space. And I, I had a, like a budget, like a quarterly budget where I could do whatever Amazing. I wanted. It was wow. kind of crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I got really lucky. Yeah. And I, I met this guy, Joe Ramos, who I just adore. We started shooting videos together and he really trusted me and liked what I was doing. And I really trusted him. And so after this crazy breakup that I went through, I was I just put everything into work. And I think that's when my channel started growing. And that's when I started making short films and experimenting with film. So yeah, it just evolved over time. So when this company moves you out and you're, you have a three-year contract with them, are you then making content for them? 
mm-hmm. and then and then you're now working like is it like a full time gig with them? Not really. I mean, I mean, yes, technically. I mean, I got paid salary, so mm-hmm. I guess it was a full time thing. But I didn't have to be in the studio every day. It was a lot of working. It was a lot of what I'm doing now, like yep. working from home, yep. going into the studio every once in a while. And I would make content for them, but put it on my channel. Oh, okay. See, so okay, that's what I was asking. So, right. But, but you're kind of having to do two things at once there of make my own content yeah. and also content for them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's a lot to manage. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think creatively, at least, you know, in my experience, when I have a lot to manage, I'm more productive. Right. You know? that's yeah. What they yeah, say, definitely. like, give something, if you have a lot to do, give it to the busy person. Right. So you, so at that time, so that, how long did you stay? You did those three years. Right. And then did you leave after three years? Yes. So after that, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to freelance. Yeah. So this is 2018 now. Yeah. Right. So it's been two years. And so you've been freelancing. Just figuring it out on my own. Yeah. And how has that been? What has that taught you? Freelancing is pretty crazy because it, there's so many ups and downs. Like yeah. sometimes you get a lot of work and other times it's just really slow. Yeah, and you're totally. like, what am I going to do for money? Yeah. Um. So it's like scary in that sense. But I think I have so much freedom. And I think that's what's so great about it. Like I can, I make my own schedule. I can yeah. do whatever I want. Um, But uh, yeah. I, and it makes you work harder because you're like, mm-hmm. how am I going to freaking pay rent? Yeah. What do you do when that uncertainty comes in in a low moment? Do you have anything that, where do you turn? Do you talk to friends? Do you, is there anything that's helpful for you as a freelancer with that? Yeah. Like so many people I know also freelance. So it's like, yeah, talking to them, being like, hey, what am I doing wrong? I don't know how it happens, but it always works out. Yeah. And that's the advice I've always gotten from other freelancers. It always works out. Like you can be at the lowest point and something will come up. I don't yeah. know how it happens, but it does. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. But I also understand that money comes and goes. So yeah. it's like not trying to be tied to that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and also like when your money is tied to creative work, like that's also There's like… There's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Yeah. And your work is so personal and right. so tied to you that it's… Right. There's a lot of ego involved, I think, too, with that. It's like, oh, nobody cares about my life, me and my life, but this is how I make money. It's like, yeah, how much of myself do I put on the internet? Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear about that, honestly. Like, you clearly have this very big audience, and you are so talented, and your work is is truly so beautiful, and I think useful to people in a really cool way. But also there's this pressure of, you know, you've grown up on the internet and you've right. and you've changed. How is that ever challenging for you? Or like, do you feel that pressure of just living your life and, and walking through your day knowing that there's a lot of eyes on you? I think you should have 2 million more followers than you do. But like, I want, I'm just curious how that would feel of having... I have no idea how that would feel to have so many people know you and and see your life. I don't think it feels that big to me. And maybe it's because I just, I can't understand that like, yeah. How, however many people follow me and it's like, it doesn't seem like a real number to me. 
Yeah. And so it's hard for me to be like, oh, these are people who actually care about what I'm up to. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel real. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get, I understand. It's hard what you're to understand what that even means. Totally. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, these, you know, few people yeah. maybe want to see what I'm up to. But other than that, I which don't know. is so good for the work because then the work can feel small. It is big, but it feels small, which is why it's so alluring, I think. Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Do people stop you on the street? And do you have moments where you remember that that number is is what it is? Yeah, it's actually, it's so sweet. It makes me so happy. It's funny because my I, I met this guy who's a photographer. He was like, I really like your work. Um, I want to do a video with you. And I was like, great. So we, we met up over the summer. And he's super talented. And he was like, yeah, so like I, I found your videos. Because I, I directed this music video for somebody. And he saw it. And he was like, I make music. Maybe you can make one for me. Cool. Um, we got coffee and we were walking and I was just, I was feeling really down on myself about my work. I'm like, God, I'm like, I'm still on YouTube. What does this mean? Like, I want to work in film somehow. Like I want to make bigger things. And I was like, I guess I like was talking to my therapist and she was making me feel better about it. So I was talking about that and we were walking to the park and then this girl was like, oh my God, I love your videos. And I love Violet. Violet's my dog. She's like, and I love Violet. And it was like, as we were talking about that, someone recognized me with a mask on. And it was just like, it was like the universe, like reassuring you that it's, it's just fine. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. It was really sweet. Oh, I'm so happy that that happened. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Well, okay, so like I said at the top, you know, I've been I've been diving into my work. I am a fan and you you do so many things so well and one of them that I've been thinking about today is that you know, you take a format that I've seen done before in in so many ways and you know, a lot of people are familiar with but you make it unique and original and beautiful and it feels so you. And like, for example, I watched this old favorites video of yours. Oh, okay. From like, I don't, I don't even remember what it was from, but you shot each item with a background and there was this beautiful music and text and it was so simple and well done and intentional. And it feels like you bring so much intention to your work. Can you talk about, you know, how you draw inspiration and, you know, where allowing yourself to progress and evolve on YouTube, it it seems to me like you do things in this really alt way on YouTube. You're where, you know, maybe that wasn't always the case when you, when you started, but I just really want to commend that and like say that to you on the podcast, because it's really cool to see. And the way I feel watching your videos is it brings me so much joy because it's watching something beautiful and and intentional. And I think you surround yourself with so many beautiful things. And I I think that, you know, I'm not speaking for the, the girl in the park who recognized you in a mask, <laughs> but I'm assuming that, you know, she feels that too. And it, it's really translated, but it's not in this pretentious way at all. It's not in a way that is self-serving at all. It's in this really way of like, I'm trying to be, I'm just being myself and I'm, I'm showing you what I love in this way that's creative, you know, and will be interesting to watch. So I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm articulating a question properly, but you know, how has it been to evolve on, on YouTube and in that format? 
I think it's like I've never really been consistent on YouTube, which is you know probably not good. But um, for my like growth, whatever, whatever. Clearly, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think like every video feels pre- not precious, but I do put like you know I want it to be special and I want yeah. it to be something that's like nice visually and like I I don't like I know because my audience is so big that I am appealing to the masses to some extent, but I feel like it still feels pretty niche in some way. That is articulating it really well. It feels, it's big, but it feels niche somehow. Yeah. And I don't know how you do that. Are you a magician? (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know what it is. It's just like, well, there was this YouTube channel that was really cool. I mean, they stopped making videos, but um, it was called Every Frame of Painting. And it was like a commentary channel on film. And uh, just like every frame of painting, it's like like every shot is set up so nice. You know, visually, it's just all comes da- down to the specifics and the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm following. <laughs> so yeah, they would talk about film and how like, every frame is just so beautifully done. And I think I try to do that with my videos. Like it's like, I, I guess I find a lot of inspiration in film and stuff. Yeah. Has it been hard to evolve and do different things? And does an audience expect you to do something else? And have you had to push yourself to evolve on YouTube? I don't really know what my audience wants from me. And I just feel like I've, always kind of done what I feel like I want to do and I think I got really lucky because when I started making short films and experimenting with film that's what they like that's what they ended up loving and which is what I love to do and what I want to continue to do so that makes me feel better knowing that they like quality content that that makes so much sense there's this great Bowie quote I feel like I quote this every like three episodes but I'm sorry (laughs) But it's the work was always better when he got really selfish about it. And mm-hmm. when he overthought an audience, it always made shitty work. Makes sense. This is not the quote in the right. hand, but <laughs> yeah. it was that's the essence. And, you know, when it feels good for us, I think that ultimately is what we can be most creative and most ourselves. And and that's what's most attractive is specific. But it also translates to like, I think people know when mm-hmm. something is authentic and when people, they can feel when people are like happy to do yeah. this as opposed to just making content for 100%. the sake of making content. Yeah. And that's so, okay. So going back to, to your work, it, one thing about watching your life is it feels very grown up and organized in a way mm. that I really admire and you have this intentionality about you as a person that really comes through your videos, which I think is why they're they're so alluring. And I really want to create more of that in my life. Have you always been that way? Or is that something that you, you know, have developed? Maybe it's developed over, over time. Like maybe it's more so now like storytelling. Like even if it's a vlog, like how can I make a beginning, middle and end? Like how can I make it feel like not like a movie but you know what i mean yeah like there's like a story being told here as opposed to just like a bunch of random stuff going on yeah which is great but i'd rather it be i'd rather it make sense yeah do you ever this is 
such a silly question, but it just came to mind. <laughs> you love film. Yeah. Do you ever have days where you feel like you're in a movie? No. No. <laughs> but I do feel like, oh, this would be a cool shot. Or this would be uh-huh. like. You think or, in those terms. Right. Yeah. Or like. Maybe, the, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. And I'm like not a filmmaker <laughs> at all where I'm like listening to a song and walking down the street. And <laughs> like, this is badass. I know. No, I, mean, I think it's like great. Three times a year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so fun. I was talking to someone who I'm dating and I was like, yeah, I sometimes I think, okay, what would I do if this were a dream? You know what I mean? Yeah. This has nothing to do with movies, but but just like living your life. Yeah. In like the moment. Totally. Being like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what's so attractive. And that's what I like. I heard this on a podcast recently, but someone was saying people who are interested in what they're doing are interesting to watch. Yeah. That, yeah. And essentially it's like when you're present, right? Like our friend Christine is someone who does so many things so well and is very interesting to me in that way. And you're, you're like that too. And one thing that I, I was thinking about today, I was weirdly at Christine's house (laughs) watching your videos. (laughs) And I was just like thinking about, you know, doing this podcast. And I was like, you know, a through line, I think between the two of you is this beauty that I really admire of exactly what you were saying. Like, what would I do if this were a dream of like allowing it to be good? Mm -hmm. And I think allowing something to be good is being intentional and being present. And whenever I am spiraling about something or anxious or it's not, you miss it. You miss what's in front of you. Right. And that's what I really admire about you two. Like it it seems like, I'm sure you have moments where this is not the case, but (laughs) the word intentionality is like what keeps coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. With YouTube then, you know, thinking of how you've evolved since, you know, you were 19 when you started. Mm Mm-hmm to now what do you what do you want to do more more short films like you were saying is there anything creatively that's inspiring you right now I, well I yeah no I mean <laughs> I've been watching lots of movies that always helps what have you watched recently I've been watching a lot of random like experimental short films which where are really you, great where do you find those that when you want to watch them I follow so many things like on Letterboxd. Letterboxd is great. Okay. I love Letterboxd. I want to like, I want my film education. I am ready. Do you know Letterboxd? No, I don't. Tell me everything. So it's where like cinephiles go to rate all of these movies that they watch. And so you can follow people and see what they're watching. So if you know their taste and like their taste, Uh you're like, oh, this person watched this. And it's just like, and people create playlists of movies. Oh, that's great. It's so fun. I'm okay. on there all the time. Great. I'm gonna. It's gonna be my new thing. Yeah, great. <laughs> so that's like a good resource. Also, like following like Criterion and stuff. Mm-hmm. See what they're talking about. I want to do an <laughs> NSFW short. What's that? NSFW, not safe for work. I want to make a short that's like adult. Yes. Cool. <laughs> so like. Everyone in my personal life uh-huh. knows that I've been talking about this for like two years. Whoa. Okay. I thought I was going to make it last year. It didn't happen. Exclusive. <laughs> Seriously. Like this is all I want to do. Wow. This is so cool. Like this is not where I want to take my career, but I right. just want to do this yeah. one-off thing because I think women need to feel comfortable 100%. in their sexuality and like 
take kind of this industry back. Do you know Erica Lust? Yeah, I interviewed her. I oh, cool. went to Barcelona and I, I was doing this series on my channel called Girl Friday. Uh-huh. And I would interview women who I thought were really cool. And Erica Lust was one of them. And mm. I flew to Barcelona, interviewed her because she wanted me to direct an interview for her. And I just ended up shooting something for my channel on her. And so anyway, yeah. That's amazing. I, I saw her in, in New York once. I went to like this thing, this like dinner thing she was the guest of honor at. And she's wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. I, and, and we watched a bunch of her. It was like the, my friend and I still talk about it. Like, remember when we went to that dinner and we watched all those Tell films? me about it. That's, it was so cool. And, yeah. And so I'm great. trying to figure that out. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And feels so correct and cool. I love that. Yeah. I want to do it so bad. That's wonderful. I mean, let, like, let's knock on wood yeah. that it happens this year. <laughs> it, I, I, yeah. 20, I was going to say 2022. What year is it? Oh, 2021. God, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> okay. This is a strange, this is a very strange pivot from where we are. Right. But just roll with me here because <laughs> I don't know how to transition to, from that to this, but I want to talk about Violet. <laughs> oh my God. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about getting a dog and, and watching you with Violet in your videos. Did, what did you learn from becoming a, a, have you always grown up with dogs? Like I know you, you love Violet and you have this really special relationship and she's part of your videos. Like, did it teach you anything of like what I was talking about earlier? Of Like you have this life that just feels very grown up to me. You're younger than me, but like you feel like I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> like you feel like very organized and together in this way that again, with so much beauty surrounding you and intentionality surrounding you and organization. And I'm just trying to like backtrack what might have helped with that. And do you feel like Violet has contributed to your you know, like how did she change the way you live, if if anything? Well, I feel like we we're made for each other, mm -hmm. first of all. I just absolutely adore her. I so I moved to LA and it was my first time moving away from home. Because when I went to college, I was commuting. I didn't actually have a college experience, oh, okay. which I don't regret at all. Yeah. Um, but so I, you know, so the makeup company moved me out to LA. And my parents helped me move into my place in West Hollywood because I didn't know where to live. So West Hollywood was, was the first place I was at, which I miss actually a lot. And so after my parents had left and I was like by myself, I remember being in the parking garage and I FaceTimed my dad and I was like crying. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I was so ready for him to leave because I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to like, you know, be an adult. I'm by myself. It's going to be so much fun. And after he left, I was like, holy shit, this is scary. Are you really close with your parents? I'm super close. Yeah, I'm super close with my dad, especially. We've always been really close. Are they, you know, I know he was in the military. I'm, I meant to ask this earlier. Are they creative? Do they, can you talk to them about your work in that way? They're not creative themselves, but they've always been super supportive. supportive. That's super cool. Yeah, like crazy supportive, which is nice. Okay, so you're close with your dad. You're in the parking structure. You FaceTime your dad. Right. I'm in tears. I'm like, I feel so lonely. And so I was downloading all of these apps where you could like adopt pets. And I, on one of these apps, I found this really cute like poodle puppy. It, it was like a female, like 
really tiny and cute. She was like a white poodle. And I was like, I think I might want to get a dog. Like, I don't know, just like looking into it. And I was only in LA for two weeks at this point. Already feeling lonely. Only by myself for two weeks. And I go to this rescue and she was like, oh, like someone adopted this puppy, but we have another dog who came in. He's four years old. He's white. Kind of looks like the white poodle you wanted. I was like, man, fine. Like I'll go over and look at this boy dog. I I really wanted a girl. And so I go over there and in this room with this, you know, four-year-old boy is this crazy mop who's gray and she's running around playing with a tennis ball and she was crazy. And I was like, what? Like, who is this? And she was like, oh, we just got her into the today from this high kill shelter. We haven't posted about her or anything. She just got here today. And I'm like, oh my God, she's so cute. I just thought she seemed so was fun. Was she at that point? She, yeah, they said she was probably between like nine months and a year. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of guessing. Um, she was a stray and she was found at a high kill shelter in San Bernardino. He's going to cry. I know. And I was like, I don't know. I I think I might want to take her. And she was like, okay, well, we'll get her groomed and everything. And you can like leave, think about it and come back. Let us know. She'll be like groomed and ready to go if you want to take her. And so I walk across the street to Trader Joe's and I'm calling my parents and I'm like, am I going to get a dog? Like I've only been here for two weeks. Uh Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I did it. Wow. I got a dog. So, so, dude, you're starting a new job. You're in a new right. city. You're two very weeks. young. Two weeks. I lasted two weeks before I got a dog. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, what what has having a dog? Do you think that made you mature and have you know? It requires a lot. You're like responsible for another living thing. I didn't even think of it that way. I was just like, well, I was like, oh, I'm working from home for the most part. I can do this. And I can, oh, and if I did go into the office, I could take her to work. And everyone loved dogs there. So it was like, there was really no, yeah. like, it was kind of just totally up to yeah. me. Do you think having her has taught you anything? I mean, yeah, I'm sure she's taught me so much. But I just love caring for her. And like, she, she's my best, like, she's done so much for me. I, mean, I should have told you to bring her. I mean, she would, yeah. She's crazy. Next time. Yeah. We can have dogs here. She would have I'll babysit loved her it. whenever you need. Oh my God. She would love that. 100%. Um, I love that. Thank you for telling that story. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think pets are so great. Yeah. They're so grounding. Yeah. I think it'd be, I really, I think that's my next thing. I think it'd be good for me. Yeah. And they teach you like about selflessness and they just love you so much. Yeah. They're really special, especially rescues. Yeah. I really want to get a rescue. I've, I've never grown up with a dog. Like I'd never had dogs growing up, but I lived with a dog in, in the last place that I lived in and really bonded with him and felt really sad to leave this dog. I bet. <laughs> They're so special. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, yeah. I think I think that's the next thing I st- start doing is get and on the ha- apps. Yeah. You have a little companion yep. Yep. and it's just the two of you. I know. And then we can come hang out with you and Violet. We can <laughs> yeah. have a couple dates. Great. Oh my God. Yes. And then we good. Okay. It's like right. an extension of yourself. Like, I don't know. I feel like me and Violet are kind of the same in a lot of ways. Totally. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. You and Violet were made for each other. Definitely. Yeah. I got to find my Violet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Violet to my Maddie. Okay. So I watched this vlog of yours from a couple months ago today. 
And you mentioned this Instagram post about Twin Peaks. Mm. And there's this line of dialogue where Kyle McLaughlin's character says, you should give yourself a present once a day. And I loved that so much. Is that something that you live by? I think it was like the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love Twin Peaks. And I was like, oh, this is so like, this is so perfect. This is perfect timing. It was so well done. So I like took a clip of this episode that I really love where he says this and I kind of like made some doodles on it and he actually commented on it. I saw Oh my God. I know. It was so so exciting. Yeah. I think that is like, especially during right now, like, yes, please. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about, you know, both you and Christine really have this quality that I'm, I'm, you know, I hope that I can, like, I hope it's contagious. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the intentionality, you know, right. intentionality in this, like, eye for beauty. And I think it's because you both are photographers and filmmakers and think in that way. Yeah. That I don't really have, but I appreciate and I see in you two. So that, you know, giving yourself moments of presence, like, in both sense of the word, you right. know, each day, I think is really lovely. And what a vlog is, what, you know, gratitude is. I know it's cheesy, but no, it totally. really does work. Yeah. So to ask you that question then, what are some moments in the last month or several months or like what is a moment that comes to mind that like was a small moment that felt like a, a gift or a present to you? I mean, definitely not having being able to go out to restaurants and stuff. Um, The other night I was having a really good night and I was like, oh, there's this really fancy vegan place that I haven't been to in so long in West Hollywood. And it's like kind of fancy. It's like small plates. Can we go together when it reopens? Okay. My favorite thing is tapas sharing (laughs) candles. Oh my God. Wine, Wine, like dimly lit. That's all I want. All I want. I know. (laughs) Going to the bathroom and the bathroom smells nice. Oh, kill me. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so crazy. Oh my God. Drunk women in the line in a bathroom. I can't. <laughs> Just like so loving. And oh God. Okay. Anyway. So I, I took myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. I was having a really good night. And I was like, I'm going to go to this Target I really like. So I went to this Target that I really like. <laughs> and I bought a game because I love games. So I bought a game and I was like, then I'm going to get myself fancy vegan dinner yes. and I'm going to bring it home, light a candle. Yes. I bought some wine. It was great. Oh, did you take a bath after? No, I should have. Yeah. That would have really I know. cherry on the top. Yeah. That is perfect. That is Kyle McLaughlin's black coffee. Right. It just be like, yeah, so right. Good. I had a whole night for myself. So but yeah, good. those moments are like, I have a lot of like girly, single girl moments in this apartment where I would like to share my, this is my Kyle McLaughlin Yeah, let's moment. go. I bought a loaf of bread, Maddie, <laughs> that was this like homemade sourdough that I bought from a person that we know that I, that made it. And because I am a single lady who lives here by myself, I was able to do something some may consider gross, pick out the centers. Oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> and, and I, like took it out with my hands. I had put olive oil down with some salt and um, it's actually the smoked sea salt, this like flaky smoked sea salt. That sounds so good. Yeah, they have it at Cookbook. And pepper and I just dunked a of this <laughs> in with, and drinking my glass of wine, like waiting for my friend. I was like, 
this is the most single lady moment of like, I don't have to share this loaf of bread with anyone. It doesn't matter that there's a big chunk removed from it. <laughs> it is so fun. I mean, living on your own is so fun. You can have like little dance parties by yourself. You can get wasted by yourself. <laughs> it's great. You do it well. You know, I was really terrified to live by myself. I think I, t- I remember telling you about this like before I moved here. But I was like really nervous because I'd always lived with roommates. And I never have. So I don't even know what that's like. Yeah. Wild. I know. Wild. I talk about this with people because I've never worked from an office before. Like I just don't know that experience. So I know what it's like to not have. Wild. Okay. I am interrupting this episode to tell you about a bonus live show I will be doing with Maddie on February 4th. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, a week from today, it's going to be at noon our time, noon Pacific time. It's going to be about a half an hour and I'm calling it things I forgot to ask. So Maddie and I will just have a chat as if we were catching up and I'll ask her a few more questions. And here's the greatest part you can ask us questions too if you're there live so it's on this new app called stereo which i've been really loving and i would love for you to be part of the conversation usually on this podcast it's just me talking and i don't get to talk to you it's not very easy to comment on podcasts i think that's a bit easier on youtube and on instagram but with podcasts, it's really hard to connect with you. So Stereo is this live social conversation app where you can co-host and be part of the conversation or just simply listen like you do with the podcast. And I would love for you to be there. So join Maddie and I live next week at noon, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us every week. I'm going to be doing a show at that time on the stereo app the time might switch so stay with us but probably at that time this is the first week maddie's the first guest which is very exciting but get ready for it download the stereo app and follow us me at stereo.com slash katie dalebout so that's stereo.com slash katie dalebout the link will be in the show notes i love stereo and i'm going to be on there a lot so You can follow me if you want and then get notified every time I go live and we can keep chatting like we do on the podcast. I'm really, really excited for you to be there. And again, that's next week, noon, February 4th, Pacific time. I'm going to be asking the things I forgot to ask to Maddie. And again, the link is www.stereo.com slash Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Dale Bout, D-A-L-E-B-O-U-T, and I'll see you there. This week's episode is brought to you by Public Goods. So I have been using Public Goods. It's this one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper to shampoo to dental floss to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store. 
thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying a bunch of single product brands, Public Good members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with beautiful, streamlined, aesthetic packaging, which, you know, we love in this family. Public Good searches the globe to find the most eco-friendly and innovative products. I've been really, really loving everything I have from Public Goods. I have a mustard from them that I really enjoy in my fridge. I love the toilet paper that I got from them. It's, you know, very lush. And the packaging, you know, it's like easy and it's not overly covered in plastic and sustainable. And I really appreciate that. And I have their dental floss, which is great because you can refill it and you don't have to toss the container every time. I use their dish soap, which smells amazing and looks pretty chic in the container, I think. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives, still common in many drug and grocery store shelves. You know what I mean? They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans and animals and the environment. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is important. Small changes in the way that we shop can actually make a really big impact on the world at large. And using a membership model helps them to keep costs low and pass on more savings to you, their, me, their customers. And best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. You can just try it out, which is really cool. And this is the actual best part. They plant a tree for every order placed and incorporate sustainability into every aspect of the company. Join myself and thousands of others who have switched to their new everything store. We worked out an exclusive deal for Let It Out podcast listeners, you, to receive $15 off of your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again that they are just giving you $15 like a gift certificate to spend on your first purchase. What are you guys going to buy? I There's so many options. Honestly, highly recommend that mustard, but you know, whatever you want to do. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Katie and use the code Katie at checkout. That's public, P-U-B-L-I-C, G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Thank you so much, Public Goods. I want to talk about film a little bit. And you mentioned Twin Peaks. Is that your favorite TV show? No. Okay. What's your favorite TV show? We Are Who We Are. What's that? It's this HBO show that came out last year, I think. We Are Who We Are. I've never heard of it. Okay. I know. Um, It came out last year. It is um, by Luca Guadagnino, who... Oh, who did Call Me By Your Name. Yes, exactly. And Jack Dylan Fraser is in it. Who's that? He is like a young... I don't... Is he like 17? He's so little. He's he's really young. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he's way cooler than Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, he's such a great actor. And it's very queer, the show. Yeah, I have heard of this now that I'm thinking of it. Someone else recommended it to me. Please Now watch that I'm it. hearing the… Yeah, okay. I'm in. Yeah. They I got, a, I got an HBO this... password. I'm, I'm in. It's so crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I love it because… I'm queer and the show is queer or yeah. because they're on a military base. Oh, this checks a lot of boxes. It really does. And they were in Italy 
you know? Yeah. When we used to live there too. So it's like. Is it Call Me? I mean, I love, I mean, I know it's like everyone loved Call Me By Your Name, but like I loved Call Me By Your Name. Is it in that? I think the reason I love Call Me By Your Name is kind of what I'm saying about your videos of like that beauty and intentionality. Yes. And it's in that, I mean, it's him. So I guess it's like that, that, but better in my opinion. Cool. Because it's a show, but it's like so artistically driven. Wow. I mean, cool. it's so cool. Okay, I want to talk about your your favorite directors, but maybe we talk about David Lynch for a moment because you you mentioned when you were talking about Twin Peaks, you said to watch another thing before it. What was that? Fire Walk With Me. Okay, what, talk about that. So it's a movie. Is it a prequel to Twin Peaks? I don't know if you're supposed to watch it before or mm-hmm. after the series, but I watched it before and it made Twin Peaks so much better okay. and it made it make sense. Because I haven't watched Twin Peaks yet. Okay. I think you should watch the movie okay. and then get into Twin Peaks. Okay. Done. Great. Done and done. I got a lot of homework. <laughs> yeah, I, <know>. I got to go. <laughs> we got to get a dog. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Maybe I can be scanning dogs, double screening, and also watching my TV show and it, my David Lynch Oh my God. Lynch it's so films. good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. It's all happening. So with that then, who are some directors that you love who have influenced you or some films that that you love? I think, well, I really love French New Wave stuff. I mean, I was watching that in in college and I thought it was so cool because they kind of break all of the rules of cinema. Like it's so playful and yeah, it's just so fun. But I think like foreign films are really great. And Andrea Arnold, she uh, she directed Fish Tank and American Honey. She's really cool. I really love, well, Fish Tank is like, I've seen that movie the most. Wow. Yeah. Cool. You should watch it. I'm done. I, I feel like I'm so happy there are show notes and this is being recorded so I like, can right, remember can, the like, things yeah. that I need to do. What would you say to someone who's like, you know, I like watching films. I like short films. I, I think I understand what's popular and, and what I enjoy and has some sort of taste but is, is new to just wanting to get into film. Where would you say they should start, you know, other than the resources that you mentioned with, you know, the Criterion Channel and the, what's the other thing called? Letterbox. Letterbox, um, which I've also written down in my <laughs> mind. You know, what are some, you know, other, maybe a couple of films you could even recommend. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but that were influential to you maybe. Okay. Tam Popo is um, a Japanese film. That, I think it came out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong about that timeline, but um, it is so fun it also kind of reminds me of like French New Wave because it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's so playful. Yeah. And um, and also Donkey Skin, I think is really cool. That's a, also a French film. Um, those are probably my two favorites. Cool. Because they're just so wacky yeah. and beautifully done. Um, and that's what I think is so fun about film. So you got into French New Wave when you were in college, you said. Yeah. Was, you know, I'm always curious how people are influenced by, with music or with film or with, you know, I'm so influenced by my friends. Mm -hmm. So was it something that you just discovered on the internet in a wormhole? Was it something that, you know, a friend of yours talked about? Like, how did it come in or how did you discover it? Do you even remember? I don't. I think it was, I think it was pretty random. But then when I moved to LA, uh, you know, everyone loves film here. Yeah. And I, I went to this theater that's now closed, which is unfortunate, but um, there was this theater that would play old film, old films. And there was another French new wave film that I saw 
the hell was it? I, I can't and then remember. it just snowballed. Right. Wow, that's so cool. I mean, this is such a great time to like, I was telling you before we started recording, like my friend Sophie works in the restaurant industry and she's very into natural wine and she was, you know, learning Spanish and getting really into natural wine and listening to podcasts and reading books about it. And then, you know, I started to do, to do that. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're making ceramics we're, we're right. ladies learning <laughs> skills, you know? And it's like, I think it's a really great time to, to watch films or, or to, get more into, you know, cinema that you might not have previously because we're doing so many things and don't have time. So I think it's actually really interesting to talk about this and could expand what we're watching and and learning about. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Speaking of wild <laughs> things from, from COVID, you have a video on your channel from about a year ago called Hermit. Oh, right. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it's maybe one of my favorites of your videos that I've watched it's so sweet and bright, but it's funny to watch it now. Oh, right. In the pandemic. I did know. you think of that? I did. I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Oh my God. It was wild. That's so funny. It yeah. was just me. I made this short. I loved it. Yeah. But also like, what? I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Me being stuck in, at home in my apartment and, you know, oh God, it's so true now. Isn't it funny? Yeah, it's yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's just so funny to me that that was before the pandemic. We'll link to it because it's it's genuinely one of my favorites. <laughs> I feel like I've talked to you about this before at Christine's, but I'm really curious about how people spend their days, especially as freelancers. So, do you make a list? What keeps you productive? Physically writing things down. I I'm always taking like I have so many notebooks that are filled with like to use a physical notebook. Yeah. Because I, I can't do like the notes on the phone. Like mm -hmm. that's fine, but it, it just makes more sense to write it down. I'm the same way. Yeah, totally. Christine is really good with keeping stuff in her phone. Yeah, she's so great at it. She plans, you know, schedules everything, which I've also gotten from her too. Getting better <laughs> at that. Um, but yeah, like writing stuff down in a notebook, like film ideas or like names that I really like that could work for a short and like going off of that or… Cool what am I going to get done today? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely need to like make a list. Otherwise I'm just kind of like all over the place. Yeah. What kind of notebook do you use? That German one? Roll, Rollbahn? Rollbahn? Oh. Do you know? It's no. like grid. Oh, cool. Will you send me a photo? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm like kind of stationary nerd. Oh, it's great. Cool. Yeah. Send me a photo. Do you do you journal? Do you ever like write? I don't. No? I did the artist's way a yeah, couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did I was, you find it helpful? I wish I was more consistent with it. I, I think that would have helped a lot. Yeah. But yeah, it was helpful. Yeah. And, I, and I can always go back to it. Yeah. The dump that I find it. I mean, you know, but I, it's like the biggest thing for me to Right. Do, do you that. still do it? Morning pages? Mm -hmm. Wow. I do a different version of it, but in my in my book, my version of it, I call the morning dump because it sounds like poop. But, yeah. Um, you know, I find it helps me to get to the list to kind of get rid of all the gunk in there. It's like skimming the pond. Right. It's kind of like know, meditating. Yeah. Yeah. Exa exactly. Right. It, it scratches this very similar itch. You're obviously highly creative, and I think you just mentioned that with writing down titles of, of things, but how do you catch your ideas? Is it, when do you get ideas? You know, I know Christine like will wake up at 3 a.m. and have <laughs> right, to like work on something. Crazy. <laughs> or yeah. like, will you, you know, do, do you have to like, do you get ideas when you're driving or what, like, 
when do you like see today? Like I feel like I spent the day with you cause I knew we were doing this. So I like watched more of your videos and took some notes. And so I was just thinking of like, you clearly have a very highly creative personality. So I'm, I'm always curious on like breaking that down and how you, so much of creativity to me is organization. So how do you, when do you get your ideas and how do you catch them? Yeah. I think it's um, like listening to music. Mm. Usually you can like visualize something. She's like, okay, this song sparked this thing that could maybe turn into this where you write it down or like watching a film like, oh, I really like this shot. Maybe I could try and do something like that or like the lighting in this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just like taking note of all, but it's all really random. But I, I feel like having like research days where you have like a whole day of like, I'm going to watch this film, like a classic old film and maybe, you know, draw something from that. But it's just really random. So you sometimes intentionally will watch a film yeah. for research? Yeah. Wow. When do you do that? Whenever. Wow. It's, it's, to, it's like a treat though. You know what I right. mean? Like it's not work. It was technically work, right. but it's like, it's so fun. So then I, I really am just curious. I'm like getting really granular here. So will you stop the film? Yes. Take a screenshot? Yes. Write in your phone at that point or? Yeah. Well, on my Instagram, I have like a whole like, uh, what is it called when you can save archive your stories? Where you can oh, like bu- um, that highlight. Hi- yes, mm-hmm. highlights. So whenever I get really excited about a film, I'll like take screenshots as I'm watching it, yeah. and I'll like get really giddy because it's like so exciting to me. And then like everything that has made me really happy or giddy, I put on there. So that's when I have like the frame or like, like a stills. Mood kind of yeah. Cool. So then, and then when you were saying you listen to music and you get inspired, is that like while you're driving and while you're just yeah. in your apartment? That's like totally random. Yeah. 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 I, I find that too. I find like most connected to myself and my body when I'm just like doing one thing, like listening to a song or like, right. you know, in really in my body, yeah. walking or something. Yeah. Driving. I, I, I never thought I'd like driving, but I weirdly do. And I think it's because of that. You can kind of like zone out. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you it's like meditation with them with them we both do TM I think. Right, yeah. And with the mantra it's like you don't have to think about anything you're just thinking the mantra. Mm-hmm. But driving is like you don't have to think about it but you're it takes a bit of your brain. Right. You know. Uh, speaking of meditation so do you still meditate? I do. I did like um a check-in the other night. Oh, nice. I totally half asked it though. You mean with a teacher? Right. It was like a Zoom meeting Uh with a bunch of people on it. I was like, "Mm." yeah, it's hard. The Zoom things are hard. It is hard. I I, I miss being able to go in and get like that little tune up. Tune up, up. totally. Right. I used to go to this place called The Spring in in Soho where, you know, they teach people to meditate and Mm -hmm. doing the group meditation. I mean, that's what they say about the Maharishi effect of like a lot of people getting a critical mass. You know, it's, it's really tremendous and I think meditating with other people we should meditate together sometime we totally can so how did you get into TM I was dating somebody a while ago who did it and then his his grandparents did it they'd been doing it for like years and years and years and so so like I knew of TM through him that's so cool and then when we broke up I was like yeah I'm gonna get into TM really (laughs) yeah (laughs) revenge TM yeah and I did and it was great oh my god that's so funny so how long have you been doing it it's been like Four years? Wow. It's been a while, but I'm not consistent with yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I think my thought is gentleness with all of this stuff. I like, know. I get it. Yeah. I get that, like, the TM people, you know, say that two times a day. But when I moved to New York, I couldn't get the second one in ever. 
I would always get the first one in. Um, and then honestly, COVID happened and like kind of everything was so chaotic right. that now it's like, if I do it, great. If not, like I'm just, I'm looser with myself about everything. I think that's great though. Like everything <laughs> is so fun. out of our control. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of TM is like the stress relieving factor. Right. It takes the edge off. Right. So like, why am I stressed about not doing my TM? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. But I also get it because it's like, I also understand that part too. But have you noticed any effects from having done TM on and off for four years? Yeah. Well, I would go to these like uh, day-long meditation retreats. Have you ever done those? No, No. probably not. Okay. So they have these like day-long meditation. They're like 75 bucks or something. You're there from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And you're meditating all day. You do like yoga in between. Oh, wow. I would love to do that. Yoga, meditate. And it's like all day. Wow. And I felt so great for like a month after this day retreat. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's here in LA? Yeah. Wow. I would love to do that. Yeah. We should do it. So have you done like rounding and any of that? Do you know what that is? No. It's… I'm going to butcher explaining it, but it's like, it's kind of like the next level. A friend of mine who also does TM is at this level. It's this, um, it's kind of the next level after you learn, because for TM, you learn one-to-one with a person and right. you get this mantra and like, I think you have to be doing it for a certain amount of time and then you learn this other technique. Oh, yeah. no, I don't even know about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet myself. Well, what is it? It's called rounding. And then you, uh, what it is, you mean? Yeah. That's a great. We got to Google it. Okay. Because I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm not, my wine is kicked in too much. You're for right. Me to You're like, be I able can't to think about it. this. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting and we should Google it and we should maybe do it. Yeah, great. Because <laughs> it is cool. Okay. I'm so curious on how people spend their days. So I'm sure that it, this varies and you have a video about your morning routine, but could you describe maybe your morning and evening routines and maybe the first few things you do consistently and the last few things you do to wind down? Yeah. I, well, it's d- take Violet on a walk. That's my first thing. Um, and then maybe I'll go get coffee. And that's like, okay, now I'm starting the day. And then it turns into, well, what the hell am I going to do? And then maybe I go to ceramics and spend yeah. the whole afternoon there um, because that's a new thing that I'm doing. Right. And and then at night, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't really have a consistent routine. Yeah. Which I think is great. And and that's what inspires me. So what I keep saying about you and Christine is like flowing. And, and that's what I think I've gotten to that. I've been really thinking about, you've heard that quote of like, you are the four people you spend the most time with. Oh, that's nice. Have you heard that? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was four. I, it, I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's five. It's at least five. It's like so specific. It's definitely not four. It's okay. for sure not four. That just came out of me. Okay, it's, cool. either, it's like five to seven. But it's definitely not for it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why that came out of me. But anyway, the people you spend the most time with, which I really relate to, not even in the sense of like actually physically with, but like who are you taking in information from? Right. What podcasts are you listening to? What right. YouTube videos are you watching? And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like I really do feel that. And I'm someone who's really malleable and and influenced by the people around me. And so I, I just think it's really interesting of like how people spend their days and, and, and moving to LA and granted, I, I, it's also a pandemic. So I think that's probably part of it, but it feels so different than how I was in New York and how a lot of my friends were in New York of like, New York felt like you were like 
really focused and doing something all day long and you're rushing around, you're going to several things. And then the evening you relax and you rest. But here it's like, we're making things. We're doing, we're going Uh, to ceramics. uh, We're doing this. We're going to the park. We're also getting lunch. We're like, no one. Right? It's so weird. I don't know. Mm -hmm. To the point where I'm like, does anyone work here? I I know. I mean, I felt like that for five years. Yeah. Five years that I've been here. That's really how I felt because I've like gotten way less done than I ever got done in New York. I know, but it's like, I don't know. Are we getting stuff done? I kind of. Right? We're, I mean, we're working right now. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. But I think that's what's so great about being freelancer, like yeah. doing creative work. It's like, you can kind of, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's so fun. Well, you're in charge of your schedule and you can, you know, do things when you feel like it, right. which is also a blessing and also really challenging because sometimes you just have to force it. Right. You have to like get on yourself and be like, no, I have to do this. Yeah. Do you have a favorite time of day to, to be creative Um, where you feel most clear? If I can like hunker down somewhere and work during the day, that's great. Like I would go to this coffee shop by me. It was called cuties and it was a queer, the only queer coffee shop in LA. Um, it closed down. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm heartbroken. Um, but I would be there all day. Or like I can do that with ceramics. Like I have this space where I can go yeah. to and be like, this is where I'm hanging out all afternoon. Um, but if I'm not doing that, it's mostly like at night. Yeah. That's been so hard for me. I was just talking to Christine about this actually. Like in New York, I was always working out of co-working spaces and coffee shops. Right. And very little in, in my home. And now like we obviously can't go to coffee shops or anywhere else to work. And I am so distracted by cleaning, honestly. Like I have like four things as you can see. That's kind of great. But all I do is like, if something's out of place, I have to clean it and then I have to mop and then and it's like, I guess, but it's like, I I need to like answer emails, you know? Do you think you're distracting yourself? Procrastinating with right. procrastinating. You're like, I'm just, I'm just gonna clean. Totally. Like this is this is productive. I can clean right now. Totally, totally. But like when I would go to a coffee shop, because I too, like I love like you know working in newsrooms when I was young. Like I love having things around me going on, and then I can focus in my own little world. And right. when you go to a coffee shop, you kind of lock yourself in, or at least I would be like. I am not allowed to leave until I at least get something done because yes. I brought my computer. You yeah. know. But it's also enjoyable. Totally. You go, you bring the thing, and it's like, I, you know, I'm going to have to get out of here soon because I'm going to need to eat or I need to, like, go see a person right, or whatever. Yeah. And so you force yourself. There's, like, this – it's a, it's like going to the gym. You know, you, yeah. like, get something done, and then you leave, and there's, like, a hit of dopamine from that. Yeah, totally. And I miss that more than anything else. I miss it, too. Except maybe bars. Oh, God, yeah. Miss- yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and movie theaters. There's a lot I know. of this, okay? I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> Travel. I just want to take myself out to dinner. I know, dude. I'm eating at the bar and like being dressed up and like talking to the bartender and like right. having a good meal. Like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. <sighs> just like human interaction. Oh, man. I just want to be in a room full of random people. I know, I know, strangers. Oh, Remember god. them? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this down. Do you have a favorite place to work? But maybe you said it. Yeah. But currently, like, do you? Where do you work in your apartment? all over I, I don't have a space which is kind of annoying yeah do you ever work from your bed like editing a yeah, film definitely. or something yeah. I'm all over the place I can't I can't like sit in my bed that's probably a good thing I wish I didn't do that but I do yeah I wish I did grass is always greener I know right 
Okay. You have such a great eye. I'm curious what, speaking of your home, what informed your aesthetic in your home? Oh my God. I have no idea. I, yeah. So uh, the person I'm seeing now, he was in my apartment the other night and he was, he was just like looking around in my kitchen. I've stuff everywhere. And he was like, your apartment is so you, like, it's so fun. Yeah. And I was looking and I was like, yeah, it does make sense. There are like toys and like figurines everywhere and like Playboy magazines. Like, so you. it's just so weird. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I just have all of the things that I love. Yeah. Like everything from Japan and yeah. What advice would you give to someone creating a space? Not everything has to be all out at once. What do you mean by that? I have so oh, like you put stuff many away. little knickknacks. Mm-hmm. So I started this new thing this year where I'm like, okay, I have a box of like doodads and I'll put, you know, and like rotate stuff. So then it feels like new and fresh. Yeah. Because I, I'm so used to having everything I love out, yeah. but it just feels so claustrophobic. Yeah. It's a really good messy. idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a box of stuff that I like rotate out. Now. Yeah. And then it feels fresh and new and yeah. yeah. Right. It's like buying new stuff. You get that same hit of like, you know. Yeah, I'm going to redecorate the space with this yeah. stuff that I have put away. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. Okay, so that was your home. You also are one of the most put together and stylish people that I know. And I know you love sustainable fashion like I do. Have you always been that way? And what helps you with that? The sustainable fashion stuff? Yeah, sustainable fashion. And then honestly, also just like your aesthetic in general. Like you came to a bike ride recently with Christine and I, and you looked so amazing and put together. It was like, I remember like seeing you and be like, oh, like I loved your outfit so much. I don't know what I was wearing. I do. You were wearing those overalls that I want to get that I still haven't gotten. Oh, cute. Yeah. So it's just an L. Like, like you all? Yes. Oh God. Yeah. It's probably not how you pronounce it, but yeah. You always look put together to me, but it's very effortless. That's nice because I feel like I look like Craffle. Mm, you look great. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, the sustainable fashion thing came later. It was like I went, I was like vegetarian for a few months and I was like, I want to go vegan. Mm-hmm. So January 1st, 2016, I went vegan. And then the next year I was like, January 1st, cut out fast fashion. Cool. Like I kind of like… It, Phases. Yeah, evolved. Yeah. Um, and I think they all kind of tie into each other. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so it's been a few years of the sustainable fashion stuff. But what helps you like getting dressed in the morning? Do you ever get stressed out by it? Do you ever like, to me, you're someone who just, it's effortless and it works and it feels like Tanner was saying about your apartment, it feels very you. Right. Has that always been the case for you? Or like, because the more I'm talking about that with people, the more I realize that sometimes what looks effortless, like maybe people also have to think about it or has it's taken a while to, to get to that point. Like, have you, you know, always had an eye for it? What is getting dressed like for you? (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know that. I always look up to other people Mm -hmm. like style wise. I'm like, Oh, my style sucks. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's so funny because I do that to you. Right. (laughs) I, I don't know. I just, I like, puffy sleeve like there are certain things that I like like I like patterns and puffy mm. sleeves so you and, know what you like yes and I think I like mixing more like androgynous things with more feminine mm. things like I think that's fun and like gender bending is fun I think that's really cool I wish yeah. I did more of that yeah well it's working 
Clearly. I feel like I. it's very like uh, chore coats. Yeah. Overalls, puffy sleeves, cool pants. Mary Janes. And then I'm We're not, all very you know. into Ben Davis pants in this family. Right. Yeah. They're great. Everyone should get Ben Davis pants tailored to them. I agree. Because they're very versatile. And we we tend to love them. They're so cool. Wear them with docks or, they're you know. They're so comfortable. Yeah. You know, they're kind of dainty. I I was looking oh, well, at mine the, the other day. The pocket so is like, very dainty. It's so nice. Yeah. For like a men's pant. Right. Very dainty. Yeah. I love that. Do you have a favorite video you've ever made? Mm, maybe the one that's like my trailer. Oh, so good. That one was so fun. I was like, let's Can just you, do this random thing. Yeah. Tell me about making that. I, when did I make that? I think it's like four years old now, which is crazy. But I was like, I'm just going to build because I'm so inspired by Amelie. Like everyone always tells me that like I remind them of her. 100%. She's just so damn cute. Yeah. And so I love that movie. And I was like, I kind of want to make like a short film that's like that. Like the intro to the film um, about things that she likes and doesn't, or what, you know. It's so um, So I was thinking about like quirky, like not quirky, but like things about me that were very specific. And so we like rented that circus tent. <sighs> So that cool. was crazy. We had to like go location scouting for that. Who um, helped you with it? It was my friend Jeff who worked at the makeup company I was with. And I think Joe helped me too, who I mentioned earlier. But yeah, I mean, it's only like a one minute video, it's but it so was so well done. It was just so like quirk. Like no one was doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that on the internet now, Yeah, but no one was making stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cool, Maddie. That was, I sent you, I watched it and I sent you a voice text like immediately after. I was like shook. I was like, this is <laughs> so cool. And you, and it it's so perfect as an intro to your channel. Like yeah. it really speaks to, to you and your art. And it's all real. I still have that sign in my trunk. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I like kind of want to watch it right now. It's like, really, it makes me yeah. So happy. It was really fun to make and I'm glad we did it. But it's crazy to think that it was four years ago now. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Who are some of your greatest influences other than Amelie? And you've, you've mentioned a couple. Do you have any others? Movie-wise or just anything-wise? Mm, I guess now I'm any, – any, I was meaning movie-wise, but anything-wise. I would love to hear anything that you're inspired by. I think um, there's this French woman who's uh, this really well-known writer. She's this uh, – she's a feminist. Her name is Virginie Despentes. Mm. I love her. There's cool. this book called King Kong Theory. And it, she talks about her life growing up. She was assaulted when she was younger. And then she kind of got into the sex industry. And then it made her realize that men are just kind of fragile. And it was also like cool for her because she got to take back her own sexuality. So women like that, I think are really cool. And, but also like women in my life, like Christine, like she's such a big kid. And totally. she's like talented in so many different ways. And so, and she doesn't care. She's like doing whatever, you know, yeah. it's just so like, yeah, there's She's so many. Herself. Yes. There are a lot of like women like that who I think are just so fun and like carefree that I really look up to. Yeah. And you're one of them. Thanks. <laughs> what would you say to someone who's wanting to make films or wanting to do something creative that might be daunting? The hardest part is getting started. And so I think, it's just about doing the work and it's not even work. It's like what you're interested in and what you want to do. It's just, it's, you just got to do it. 
which I know is like easier said than done, but it's totally worth it because you never know what could come of it. And everyone's like waiting to see what you make. I love that. I think a sign of someone being so creative is when they do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and you do, you are a very talented ceramicist. I bought a piece from you and I love your work. How did you get into that? And what has the process of starting learning a new skill been like for you? It's been so fun. Well, like I think how you were talking about how like you are inspired by whoever you're around. Like I think that stems from a lot of it, but it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. Or yeah, I should try that. Or like I'm, I think if you're already in one art form, maybe it's easy to like veer off into another. I mean, they're completely separate. Like, ceramics and filmmaking yeah but i i also feel like they're all one and the same too i don't know if i'm answering your question that makes a lot of sense so i have a friend who is a therapist but not my therapist Mm -hmm. and she says this thing everything is everything right and i think that really translates to what you're saying because again going back to what tanner said of your apartment like that's what i feel like your ceramics like somehow they make sense to you yeah. Like they feel very sense. much like you and like the like Christine ceramics feel very much like Christine. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I think of both of you and like, I hope I am, I mean, I'm taking ceramics, but I'm <laughs> terrible, but I hope someday like I make something that's so specific to me, you know, right. in my weird way. And like going back to that Bowie quote, we all like weird art that feels like the inside of someone's brain. Right. Yeah. You know? And that's, it feels like you were able to do that in film and somehow in ceramics and because of that, they fit together. It somehow translates. I don't know how, but it, yeah. yeah. It's like tangible art. Yeah. Yeah. What does it feel like to be making ceramics and sending them to people? And It's so fun. I mean, it's like a huge learning curve. Like some orders are really late and I feel really bad about that. So that's like one aspect of it. That's, it's like the parts that aren't creative that are like harder to get down. Like yeah. packing things up, getting it out. It's like that part sucks. Yeah. But making it, on the other hand, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to make this little thing that might be cute. They're so cute. Thanks. <laughs> How do you get the ideas for, for what you make ceramics-wise? Is it, does it just kind of come to you? You're like, I'm going to try that. and Mostly from like images, like photographs and stuff, or like other artists like mm-hmm. Tebow. Mm-hmm. He's a painter who did like, do you know what I'm talking about? No. He painted, I said yes as this right. did. <laughs> Painted like uh, like cakes and like sweets oh, and stuff cool. like that. His stuff is really great. So maybe it's like in yeah. some way like a variation of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Thanks. So you learned a new skill with ceramics and, uh, you know, years ago with film. What would you say to someone who wants to get better? That point where you want to give up, what would you say to someone? I think you should keep going for sure. <laughs> I guess, what do you do when things get hard, when you're having a bad day? How do you keep going? How do you pivot? Well, I think at like some point, it just kind of clicks, but you just have to keep at it. Yeah. Like in the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting it. And then it gets hard again. You're like, wait, I can't master this. And like the longer you keep practicing or trying, like I was learning how to juggle before COVID and I, I kind of stopped mm-hmm. and I think I need to get back to it because you get so far and you're like, God damn it. Like, why can't yeah. I like get it? Yeah. So can you juggle? No. Okay. Yeah. So Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to like get at it. 
I had a like, friend who went to clown school. That's so cool. That's getting over that hump, that hard yeah. part hump. And then you've just got it. Yeah. Yeah, that hard part hump. It's like the beginning. It's all like fun and games in mm-hmm. the beginning. And then you Honeymoon. get stuck. And then you're like, totally. what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Well said. Okay. So these are the rapid fire questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't overthink it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Best thing you've eaten in the last week? I made this red lentil curry that was really good. Ooh. I love I love curry. Oh, God. It was so good. Favorite place you've ever lived in or traveled to? I want to say Venice, Italy. Mm. We would go there every summer because we lived really? in Italy yeah. and in Germany. And it was so great. Oh, that's so cool. I I feel like people don't talk about Venice enough. I think it's so touristy you now, but I know. it just, it's like, it's so special to yeah. me. I took Christine there. Did you know that? No. We, I wanted to go to Berlin for my birthday. And um, Christine was like, can I go with you? Because I was, I love solo travel. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Christine, come with me. So anyway, so Christine and I went to Berlin and it was her birthday and I bought us tickets to go to Venice and I bought us the the hotel that we were staying at for like a few days. Yeah. And then we went back to Berlin and finished our trip. That's so cool. I love Berlin too. Yeah, me too. I I went there for the first time last summer and, and I actually went to Venice with Adam, who my boyfriend from a long time ago that we were weirdly talking about before this episode. Um, but haven't thought about Venice in a really long time, except recently I went to Venice, like Abbot Kenny Venice. Oh, right. Well, yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> but weirdly, I'd never walked around the canals. It's it's nice. And I didn't know that existed. I was like, oh, this yeah. is like why this is called Venice. It's really cute. Yeah. But I walked around there with a friend at sunset and I was like, oh, I had no idea that this was here. Right. It was sweet. And you can see, really see into people's homes. I know. It's kind of nice. Uh-huh. I lo- I'm very nosy. Yeah. And I love that. It's great. Where's a place you still want to go that you haven't traveled to? Portugal? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't been there. No, Mexico City. I take oh, that back. I really want to go there too. Two places I want to go. Yeah. I'm going to say Mexico City. We should go. Yeah. I would I love to I have two friends go. who live there now, which is crazy. Wow. Christine and I and our other friend were supposed to go in April. Really? And it obviously, it got canceled. Yeah. But yeah, we were supposed to go. That's funny. I was... I turned 30 on April 30th mm-hmm. and I was meant to be in Mexico for that. Wow. Everyone's but trying to get to Mexico. Obviously wasn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thir- maybe 31? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. What's your favorite food of all time? Gnocchi. Really? Yeah. The the pillow clouds. Yeah, that's since I was like basic. six or seven. Really? Yeah. I love that. What's your favorite part of your life right now? Um... Well, there's so much to be grateful for. <laughs> Probably my relationships, like friendships. Yeah. Love life is fine. Like just the people I have in my life are really special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I'm such a, when I think about what I have, you know, you obviously have your body of work and you have your home and whatever, but the people in my life and my relationships are hands down the most valuable and give me so much. Like I'll be, I'll be vibing on this hang <laughs> right. for like a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, we have so few in-person hangs now yeah. too that like just being with a friend and having a good conversation and good food is like, I think that's what I've gained from the pandemic. That's so of special. like really being able to appreciate yeah. how much that means to me. And like, 
I think that's how we're wired as, as human beings right. to connect and help each other, you know? Yeah. Greatest lesson on creativity. The hardest part is starting and you should just do it. Love that. Do you ever feel burnt out or uninspired? Yeah, all the time. Does anything help you get out of that or just have to wait it out? I think it's like watching movies and listening to different music and something comes up. Traveling. Right. Yeah. 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 Greatest lesson on friendship. Christina's told me this. She appreciates me because she knows that she can count on me. Mm. And I sort of pride myself on being that friend, you know? Yeah. That's a good lesson. Yeah, I guess so. My grandma said, you know, I'm someone that seems like you probably are too, especially from how you grew up with the military thing where I can feel close to people very easily and I can, we're outgoing and I can make friends easily. My grandma would always say, you can only be close to about, you can count your good friends on one hand. And I think that's kind of true. Like I can only really be close with about five people at once. Right. I can have more acquaintances, but you know, it, there's only about five people that I can like always be there for fully. And I think that's always a good thing to keep in the back of my brain. Yeah, definitely. Greatest lesson on dating? (laughs) Uh, Just to have fun with it. Love that. What about on community? You have a community in your life. Does it ever feel, do you ever feel overwhelmed or pulled in too many directions at once? No, I feel like I crave community a lot. Like um, like when the world was open, like volunteering was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and meeting like-minded people because I feel like a lot of people are so not grounded. Yeah. Um, and so finding people who are thoughtful and kind is hard to come by. And so, so yeah, doing different things to find that I think is really good. And when you do holding on to it and creating community around it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Like you have a lot of projects and a lot, like not necessarily pulled in different directions by people, but what do you do when you have too much on your plate? How do you ground yourself and and come back? I think it's just realizing that like it's all going to get done and to not overwhelm myself. And sometimes I think we think big picture more often than not. And so focusing on what's real right now is easier to, you know, chip away at it. One thing at a time. Right. If you had two alternative lives or careers, what would they be? Oh, my God. Like, if I wasn't doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, like, like in, like, a like a past life. However you want to take it. Could be, like, someone else's Or, like, life. in my next lifetime, yeah, what do I sure. want to do? Sure. I want to be in, like, a feminist band or something. Or be like a pole dancer or something. Cool. Something like really cool. Like yeah. That. Both of those are very cool. And you could do now as well. <laughs> right. You never know. What's something that you learned or taught yourself that you wish everyone would know? Just being gentle with yourself. I love that. I think that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you like most about living in LA and least about living in LA? The... The thing that I like least is that it's harder to have like random interactions or random things happen because we're not out. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in New York, you have like public transit and you're like yeah. walking around everywhere. Here you're just in your car. Yeah. Um. So that feels isolating. Although I did run into you on the street. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What am I talking about? Which like never happens in LA. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the community of people. Yeah. 
And also, like, we're so close to the beach. Yeah. So so much nature We're here. so lucky. The weather. We have the beach. Yeah. 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 And hiking. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. I'm still, like, in awe that I get to live here and it's nice out every day and I can, you know, it's the hike weather and, and the yeah. palm trees. It's, like, pretty Just something luxe. about it that's just, you know. Yeah. When people ask where I'm from, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really from anywhere. Yeah. But LA feels more like home to me than any other place. Have you been here longer than you've been anywhere else? Yeah. Or just about as long. Wow. Yeah, five years. Wow. Yeah. I love that. What about your thoughts on social media? What is your relationship to it? Does it ever stress you out? You seem to do it really well and, and seem pretty chill about it. Is that is that true? Um. Like, I wish I was more consistent with it considering it's my job, but like, I feel like I try to stay off of it as much as possible. Like, I think you can draw a lot of inspiration from it, but yeah, I'm not trying to get like sucked in or anything. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like really healthy. You you mentioned that you're in therapy. When you are feeling sad or, or having a tough time, what helps you pivot when you are feeling down or are feeling lonely or blocked creatively what has has helped you in that i mean i think having like um a therapist or somebody to talk to helps a lot having someone who has no ties to you whatsoever i guess i don't really have anything specific yeah but just being able to talk to someone neutral i think is so useful yeah even yeah yeah love that what about spirituality god what happens when we die do you have any thoughts on that what do you think happens I think that we reincarnate Mm -hmm. and I I only think we reincarnate into something else if we don't figure it all out in this lifetime. Yeah. So like, I don't know what Violet used to be. Like, I don't know why she's a dog, but in my mind, she's like a little human. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think once you like figure out the purpose, your purpose or the meaning of life or whatever, then you like stop reincarnating. Yeah. And you're like, you know, but I do believe in past lives. Do you think you've had many or do you think you're fresh? I think I've had many. Because yeah. I, I feel like an old soul. And also like when you meet people, you're like, man, and you have this like connection that doesn't make any sense. It's like, I must have known this person yeah. in a past life. Like it just clicks for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Like fully. I totally believe in that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And And also it's the most interesting option. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I really do believe it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I actually do too. But I also always think about that of like, of all of them, that one's most intriguing. <laughs> yeah, <that is laughs> you know? true. Yeah. Okay, so you're having a dinner party, and you can invite five people. Who do you invite? What do you cook slash eat? And what do you hope someone turns and asks you? And what do you not want to talk about? Are you talking like famous people? Or just anybody. Dead or alive. It could be friends. It could be whoever comes to mind. Oh, well, I guess it would just be my friends. Great. And what's something I would want them to ask me? Oh, my God. I have no idea. How do people answer this question? Mm -hmm. All different things. Whatever whatever comes to mind. Like, what, what would be fun to talk about? Probably, like, spirituality or, like, feminism or something. Cool. Or, like, films. Yeah. This is so boring. No. What would you eat? Not, not, I can't even say it. Gnocchi? I, 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 I like eating it, but I don't like saying it. <laughs> yeah, we have gnocchi and bruschetta and wine. Oh my God, this sounds so good. It sounds so fun. Maybe May I come? Salad? 
Yeah. Done. Great. I'll bring the salad. <laughs> okay, good. I love that. Is there anything you don't want to talk about that you like hate that people always ask you about that you like don't like talking about? Not really. You're open. Totally open. Yeah. Totally open and non-judgmental. So you mentioned feminism and yeah. is that something that you grew up with or how did you get into your feminism? Well, I think it probably happened when I was in college because I was taking all of these social justice classes, mm -hmm. gender studies, animal rights, like, and they were all kind of like interconnected That'll in do it. this way. Yeah. Also, my mom's kind of a badass. Cool. So that helps. Yeah. Okay. So this is really just a way to recommend things. So this could be like favorite thing that you would bring to a deserted island if you knew you had to be there for a long time. These could be all-time favorites or, you know, things that you are liking recently, but book, movie, song, podcast, quote, or like an idea. Um, I'll, I'll like walk you through each one, but basically just recommending things. So book, it can, it can be a couple too, if you can't think of just one. Probably like, um, like a well-being book. Tara Brock or something oh, like that. She's so good. Yeah, she's great. She Radical got me through my breakup. Yes, she got so good. that book got me through my breakup like four years ago. What's your greatest lesson on breakups? Like what has helped you with oh, that? I think breakups are great. So much growth, right? There is so much that so happens much so much after learning. a breakup that's like so refreshing and wonderful. Yeah. And there's so much new stuff to explore and be excited about. But you push yourself and you, you know, you get through it. Yeah, yeah. So Tara Brock, Radical Acceptance. Any other books you want to recommend? I think that would keep me afloat for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about movie? Some You've already recommended so many, but are there any other movies that you want to, films that you think that you'd like to recommend? Same one, like Tampopo or something. It's just fun. What about music? Something that you listen to on repeat or something that you love or would like people to know about? <laughs> I'm thinking of this album. Do you know Eiffel 65? I'm blue. Dot it, <laughs> yeah. dot it. <laughs> so I had that CD when I was little when we lived in Italy because uh -huh. they they're Ital like Italian. Oh, I didn't realize they were Italian, and they were like a huge deal. And so I had the CD, and then when I, I have a girlfriend, and she is so blue. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so good. Like that just makes me so happy because it reminds me of when I was like six oh, or seven. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That is the best recommendation that has ever been made on this program. <laughs> it's so lame, but like, it just makes me really happy. I love that Thanks. so much. And like, we should maybe listen to it right it's after so this. It's so fun. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I love that so much. Is there a person, you mentioned Erica Lust and like a couple other people. Is there a person, Christine, that you admire that you think more people should know about? Who inspires you? Yeah, there's so many. Like Agnes Varda. Great director. Maureen Murdoch, who I interviewed for a Girl Friday episode. She wrote The Heroine's Journey. Oh, cool. Which was really great. And it was like really prolific during that time. Cool. Any like quote or idea or something that someone said to you that stuck with you? That's hard to answer, but. I would like to give you a better one, but there's one that my friend said randomly. And it was like, always leave the last place you're at better than you found it. Mm, yeah. I don't know what we were talking about, but it's just something that I think about. Even It can be so small, like your room or I being in someone's space and like yeah. just making it look nicer. Yeah. I really, that someone said that to me once as well and it's yeah, always right? stuck with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. 
Anything else that you want to recommend of like any category, food or place or products or clothing wise or ceramics or anything? I can't think of anything. Potpourri. (laughs) Potpourri? No. Okay, cool. Well, we did it. The name of this podcast is Let It Out. So when I offer that to you, do, do you feel like I squeezed you for all of your juice? Is there anything else that you never get to talk about that you've always wanted to talk about that you wish you could share? I don't think so. Do you feel complete? Yeah, definitely. Good. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. I think you are creative and beautiful inside and out and kind and genuine. And I'm so happy to be your friend and and have you on the show. And I think a lot of people will relate to you and learn from this conversation. So I'm really happy you did it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Okay. So we end with a deep breath. You ready for it? Yeah. Okay. So inhale, let it out. It's always better. Nice. I like that. Cheers. Cheers. I loved that conversation with Maddie, which makes me very eager to ask her the things I forgot to ask her and questions that you submit. You can submit them to me on Instagram before, but as you previously heard, I will be doing a show every week on Stereo, the new app I'm really into. It's going to be at noon on February 4th. That will be the first one. And I think I'm just going to keep that time and do it at noon Pacific time every single week for the next 10 weeks. But the first one will have a special guest, Maddie. Every week I will have the podcast guest from that week come on the show, or maybe I'll bring an old guest on. Maybe Christine will do one. She told me she would. So, you know, I think this will be a fun way for us to connect with each other mostly and an opportunity for you listening to be able to join a live conversation. I'm going to be asking Maddie questions I thought of later that I didn't get to ask her that I've been writing in my phone. And I think it's going to be really silly and fun and cool. And if you have a topic or some things that you want to ask, let me know and I will be sure to bring them up in that conversation. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, download the Stereo app, get familiar with it. I think it's really fun and interesting and different from anything that I've ever seen before. So again, the scheduled time is next Thursday, February 4th at noon, 12 p.m. Pacific time. And my unique link is www.stereo.com slash Katie Dalebout, K-A-T-I-E-D-A-L-E-B-O-U-T. I can't wait to talk to you next week there. Isn't Maddie great? Watch all of her videos. I will link to some of my favorites in the show notes, but honestly, just dive in anywhere. They're just very easy to watch. I've become a little bit addicted when I was preparing for this episode, but definitely watch her, the trailer, her favorite video that we talk about. You have an audio intro to Maddie now, but that one minute video is so well done and fun and her and it will be a visual intro to what you just heard. So if you're new to Maddie, start there and then dive on into everything she's ever made and follow her and buy her ceramics because she's tremendous. Thank you, Maddie, for coming on the podcast. I'll give you the secret emoji at the end. If you're new here, I give an emoji at the end after all the announcements and all the housekeeping. 
And if you, you know, endure until that point in the long episodes that I put out, you have the secret code that you can comment on Maddie's Instagram, on my Instagram, on Let It Out's Instagram, or wherever you want. You can tweet it at us. You can, someone once, you know, when we were in person, wrote it on the back of a receipt at a coffee shop. Hi, Brian. <laughs> anyway, you can just let us know that you're listening all the way to the end if you want to participate in that. Okay, so I just want to tell you about Creative Underdogs, my membership community for listeners and people who are, you know, maybe you read my newsletter or, well, I guess if you're listening right now, you probably listen to the podcast, but we are going to be between semesters. We're taking February off. We did it for the first time this fall and it was my favorite thing that I've ever done. So if you would like to join, we are accepting new members for March and growing the group a little bit. So I'll leave the link in the show notes and you can apply. It's this supportive group where we meet a couple times a month for three different things. One is this theme call, which I kind of call a Dharma talk, where I share what I'm learning and pondering and reading. It's a lot of quotes and sometimes we talk about music and we set an intention for the month with a theme for our different projects. You know, there's painters and ceramicists and yoga instructors and someone opening a coffee shop. And it's this really inclusive group that of people all over the, the world. And I, I love it so much. And then we meet for a work session where, you know, I call it alone time with others, where we all set an intention for what we want to get done. And then we do two Pomodoros together. It's the Pomodoros it's a productivity technique. So we do two of those together and then we say how we did and we take a break together and it's great. And then we have an artist conversation where I have one of my friends, a previous podcast guest comes on to Creative Underdogs that week and we have a chat about a theme. So I had Angie Choi, who's a feng shui consultant, when we talked about space and People got to share their space and their workspace and Angie got to consult on it, which was really cool and talked about the, the connection between creativity and space. And then we had my friend Meredith, who's this tremendous artist. She's a collage artist and, and also a touring musician. She plays the bass. And we talked about the theme of that was crushes in creativity. And that was really cool. And then I had my friend Carolina on who talked about film and women and film. And, and then we had Simi, my best friend, talk about movement and creativity. So that was last semester. There'll be new guests this semester. And I would love for you to join if you'd like. The link is in the show notes. And that's it. I love you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Okay, now for the emoji it's, I was going to ask Maddie what her favorite emoji is, but I, I decided to, to not and, and go ahead and choose one that she's texted me quite a lot, which is the musical notes. And she seems to put it in her texts in this really playful, nice, very Maddie sort of a way. And in my mind, I interpret it as like, this is meant to be sung, you know, like in a movie, in a film where you're watching subtitles and then there's musical notes on either side. It's like, this is meant to be sung. So when she's like, yeah, on my way, I, in my mind here, on my way, you know, I don't know if that's what she's going for, but that's what I choose. So, you know, if you are listening right now, comment on Maddie's Instagram, on my Instagram. Let it out is let it out with three T's. I'm at Katie Dalebout. Maddie is made when 
M-A-D-W-I-N on Instagram. And follow Maddie Cake Ceramics. I recently bought something from her and I also really want this. I bought a pot, but I really want this popsicle. The popsicle is kind of her classic piece, I think. You know, I mean, she has so many great pieces, but this popsicle in particular, I this isn't my use for it, but you know, you can do whatever you want with your ceramic popsicle. But I am a grown-up person who eats a lot of popsicles. I'm definitely an adult, but I love to have a popsicle in the bathtub, something about the cold and the warm together. And I, I need a place to like put my popsicle stick while I'm in the bathroom so it doesn't like get sticky and gross. So that's gonna be my use for the popsicle. Okay, I love you. Thank you for being here. And I will see you next week with a new episode.